This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants stores. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants. Hi, I'm Heather Brooker. Welcome to episode 76 of Motherhood in Hollywood, a show where we get real about parenting in the land of make-believe. My guest today is the Executive Vice President for Children's Programming at the Jim Henson Company, Hallie Stanford. She has some incredible insights into the Jim Henson Company, the television programs they create, and just the magic that's happening there on the Jim Henson lot in Hollywood. So I can't wait to share that interview with you all. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Olin Organic. If you're looking for fashionable yet natural and organic clothes to put on your child, then you need to check out olinorganic.com. Olin Organic only uses 100% certified organic cotton, which is much better for your baby and the environment. All of the fabrics are free of things like bleach, silicone, formaldehyde, plastic inks, chemical flame retardants. All of those are common chemicals found in traditional baby clothes. And you guys, the best part about these clothes is that they're very modern. They're very clean looking. You know, we have several pieces here in in, um, in our house and Channing loves them. I love them because they're soft to the touch. They're beautiful designs and also they're organic. What a nice relief as a parent to know that you're putting something safe on your baby. So go right now to olinorganic.com and take a look around. See if you find something you like there. And if you do, when you head to the checkout, enter the code MIH10, that's MIH10, and you'll get 10% off your order just from Motherhood in Hollywood and Olin Organic. Happy shopping, everybody. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, you guys. Welcome to episode 76, Motherhood in Hollywood. I am really excited to share this interview with you. And don't kill me. I know I say that every time. But I'm really looking forward to this because I had the opportunity to kind of be out and about on the go with the podcast. And I went to the Jim Henson Company Studios right here in Hollywood. And I sat down with Hallie Stanford. She is uh, the Executive Vice President for Children's Programming. She's responsible for shows like Word Party, the brand new show Splash and Bubbles, their other new show Dot, but also classics you might know like Sid the Science Kid, Dinosaur Train, um, Doozers, if you guys are watching that. There's so many shows. There's so much information here that she talks about um, from her perspective in terms of 
developing a TV show, how she finds these programs and comes up with these ideas for children's programs, and honestly, just what it means to be working for the Jim Henson Company. There's such a legacy there in the entertainment business. So uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you guys. I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. Uh, Really quickly, I just want to say, hi, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to my show. It seems like lately a lot of more people are finding us, and I think that's because we have just transferred over to blog talk radio if you're finding me on blog talk radio i'm so glad you're here welcome um if you would please take a minute no matter where you're listening from take a minute and give me a review on itunes and make sure you're subscribing to the show it makes such a big difference in terms of the rankings on itunes and how people can find us just a quick comment and review um on itunes with your podcast app if you want to do it that way that's totally fine would really appreciate it thanks guys so what's been happening this week. Let's see. Well, I actually got to do some acting. Hey, um, I got cast in a new show for Netflix called Atypical and it stars Jennifer Jason Lee and Keir Gilchrist. I'm really, I was really excited about it because as an actor, you sort of feel like you're kind of just, you go on auditions and you're just constantly going on job interviews. That's what it feels like. Like imagine if you were just constantly looking for work and every week, two or three times a week, sometimes more or less, you're going on, um, uh, uh, job interviews. And that's basically what acting is. And, and you're hoping that you occasionally get to be the one that gets hired to do the job. And this last week was that week for me. So yay, I got to go on set and um, the director was super nice. And the, the executive producer was, uh, her name is Roby Rashid, was, she's created the show. I'd love to have her on the podcast, actually. I need to, I should have asked her. <laughs> I should have asked her. That would have been smart. But um, yeah, so just a wonderful experience and um, really capped off my week. And it kind of, as I know I've said before on the show, it really validates me because it makes it feel like, oh yeah, I am still an actor. People do, people do want to see me perform. Um, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys as well. A lot of fun things posting on my website, motherhoodinhollywood.com. I posted some fun holiday recipes up there for my friend, Mary Moran, who is a chef for Traditional at Home magazine. And also a lot of fun things happening over on my Instagram. If you are not following me on Instagram, do it because that is where I post most of the day-to-day stuff that's happening in our lives, the cool places we get to go, the events we go to. Like we also last week went to an event with Fox Home Entertainment. They've just released a bundle of all those Christmas classics we love, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, um, those sort of things. So we got to go to an event celebrating that. So follow me um, on Instagram at Motherhood and Hollywood, and you can kind of, um, I don't know, I guess watch me brag about where I go. So it's so douchey to say that, uh, but I mean, essentially that's what we're all doing on social media is we're just sort of bragging about here's where I went. Here's the amazing thing I'm wearing. Um, that's really all it's all about, but I, I have fun with it. I think as long as you know that, and you know, some people really buy into their fame on, on Instagram or social media, but not me guys. Don't worry. I know I'm not famous. All right. So, um, really quickly, I want to give a couple of, uh, mom mentions and, uh, shout outs to a few new followers over on Twitter. Twitter is where I put probably the most inappropriate, uh, comments. If you'd like to follow me over there, it's where I get 
the most sassy. Olga Villar, thank you so much for following me. Uh, Bert Anderson at First Time Mom MN, thank you so much for following me on Twitter. Uh, Bionic Buzz, hey, awesome. Um, they do a lot of uh, great content on the YouTube, I believe. Joe and uh, check them out. Also, uh, Love Fitness, but it's at Fitness Love uh, on Twitter. And who else uh, did I want to say? Oh, Michelle Lynn, awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to follow me on uh, Motherhood in Hollywood. They're the podcast um, where you get to hear me ramble about myself for a really long time. You can follow me also on Twitter at MIH Podcast and make sure you find me on Facebook too at Motherhood in Hollywood. Okay, that does it for the mommy monologue. I want to now get to my interview with the Executive Vice President of Children's Entertainment for the Jim Henson Company, Hallie Stanford. I have to say, I have never been on um, a lot that feels so like magical. It is. It's a magical. And I camp the campus. Yeah, I've been to Disney. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've been to Paramount, Melrose, and they, you know they all have the movie magic. But there's something really special about this little lot you have here, isn't it? What do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I think the magic has to do with a combination of things. First of all, the fact that it's been around since the early 1900s, so there's this like history to it, and then it has like Charlie Chaplin's spirit, you know, just sort of like the beginning of filmmaking and experimenting, and that all of his work was so heartfelt mm-hmm. and groundbreaking, yeah. so you have that. And then you have this television history here. Then CBS came to take it over, and so the lighting grid was put up in... Um, in the studio, they filmed shows like Perry Mason here wow. and The Old Superman, which I watched as a kid. Um, and then you have this rock and roll history. So you have the AM recording studios that are now Henson Recording Studios. But like mind-blowing albums and rock and roll was done here from Joni Mitchell to Tom Petty to Metallica, U2, We Are the World. I could keep going. The people <laughs> I've seen here, Justin Timberlake, you know. Um, so then you have this like, Rock and roll history, you have all these different like creative histories all in this little lot. And I feel like that vibe just kind of settles on it. And so it's this campus where you see like you could be literally this has happened to me. I'm sitting at lunch and suddenly and I'm talking to an artist about a show we're doing, maybe Sid the Science Kid or a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Paul McCartney comes out. <laughs> and you're like, what's happening? You're like, like what, what world am I living where in? Where am I? And it just all blends together. So there you go. Well, but- I'll tell you, you can definitely feel it. And I want to um, tell everybody really quickly that we are actually it, on the lot right now. I am in Hallie's office. And it is, you have the view of, is this the Charlie Chaplin studio where this, he used to film yes this is the charlie well the, the entire studio is where charlie chaplin oh, used so it to was film. all over not just what this you're building. seeing is the barn uh the barn which is where they used to build the sets mm-hmm. where I, I don't even know if they house livestock there i mean maybe, <laughs> maybe i don't know um but apparently i'd have to fact check this it is the oldest operating building in hollywood the oh, barn wow. yeah because people are still working in it yeah um, that's where our animators are for uh, splash and bubbles so there you go it's still being used um, there's there is something that's really special about the history of hollywood and i think um 
it's really nice when studios can preserve some of that because it's our our legacy, our history um, of our culture and our world. And um, so I, that's also why I think it's really special. Plus, hello, celebrity sightings. Who yeah, the celebrity one? sightings. <laughs> but then I also get excited about celebrity sightings like John Tartaglia <laughs> yeah. from Splash, you know. So right, right. Uh, once, you know, when Miss Piggy came a few years ago, I was like, my God, it's Miss Piggy's outside. Everybody hurry, <laughs> take pictures. Um so, yeah, I think Henson's put their stamp on it, too. So totally. there's a real preservation of um, of this lot. Mm. Uh, also, by the way, the landscape architecture is, oh, is, yeah. is from, like, the 30s. There's so much green. I mean, I'm not kidding. There's a famous um, woman. Again, let's fact check it, everybody. Let's all go look it up. <laughs> who many of the plants that she brought in here, they're still here. Oh, wow. Yeah, so oh, wow. even the landscape architect has a little his- has a little history here. But yes, we put our stamp on the mm-hmm. Henson Studio, so you can see it everywhere. But also with Kermit the Frog, dressed as Charlie Chaplin on top of the studio. Yeah. But also, we've created this motion capture stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's now this large uh, animation studio as well, which is something we brought to it. So that's where, right now, we're filming Word Party, where we did Sid the Science Kid. Um, so there you go. It's we, incredible. We brought something new to it. Yanina took me on a tour and I was blown away. Like it was, I've never seen motion capture done up close, um, it, it, like that. And, uh, it was really neat to see them doing that. Like we watched Sid the Science Kid, my daughter and I, yeah. actually we watch, um, all of your shows. Yay! <laughs> because we I have you. a, I have a three and a half year old. So like we love all of the Henson shows that are coming out. So um, it was just really neat to see that. Can you tell me, let's backtrack a little bit before sure. we get too far into um, all the technological things. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you about how did you get involved in children's programming and, and with the Henson company? Well, okay, let me, I'll answer that question in twofold. Okay. I have always been interested since I was a little girl in storytelling for children. So even when I was a kid, I was telling stories to younger kids or babysitting younger kids. or So it's something that was always in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always loved television and film. See, my mom now is so happy that all that time I spent in front of the television <laughs> is finally paid, paid off. off. Yeah, <laughs> she's thrilled. I watched so much television. Uh, awesome. And I loved it. Little House on the Prairie, you name it. I watched everything. Um, so um, when I went to, and I was also very involved with theater, so I also felt like I could have gone into children's theater. So when I went oh, to wow. Wesleyan University... I studied film and theater, had an incredible, both had incredible programs, and it became clearer and clearer that I wanted to work in um, children's television and film, but th- at the time, I was very lucky, too, because uh, my boyfriend at the time, his godmother was Jerry Laybourne, who was working at Nickelodeon, and she's a big deal at Nickelodeon. She was the president. She's the one who sort of was the creator of Nickelodeon and what it became. And so I was very fortunate to meet her in New York City, and I didn't know who she was. So she said, what do you want to do when you get out of school? And I said, well, I'd really like to work in children's television. And she's like, oh, I work in children's television. Oh my I'm like, gosh. Well, what do you do? You know? So what was wonderful about her at that time in my life is that she gave me a lot of advice about um, things to look at, what to do. And I learned a lot about development she mm. actually sent me three pilots she said will you look at these three pilots for me and just tell me what you think and oh it was wow rugrats doug and ren and stimpy what and my mind was like blown i'm like what is happening did you read this what was your man's... initial thought when you read those shows those are such no, she showed she sent me vhs tapes oh oh i thought wow. they were incredible oh wow. although my favorite was yeah. doug 
Really? Yeah. My yeah. favorite. I remember at the time thinking, wow. It was just so, all three of them were so different. Right. Very different. Um, but anyway, so she opened up my mind to the possibilities of, oh, there's development. And oh, it's not just production. So I just sort of like had my mind expanded of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. But backing up, I always loved Jim Henson. I love the Muppets. My nickname in high school was Gonzo. Like, <laughs> I am a Jim Henson nut. So when I moved out to Los Angeles in my head, I thought, well, there's clearly only two places I could work. It's either with Jim Henson or Steven Spielberg. Like, this right. is where Those I have are the to options. go work. Yes. These are the options. <laughs> just go right for the top. <laughs> but I knew I just had to get a job, right? I knew right, I had right. to work. So I was very lucky that I started working for... Uh, Nelvana animation for a producer named Savage Steve Holland mm-hmm. and he produced a show called Eek the Cat uh, for Fox Kids Network and that was the beginning of me starting to work on children's television. I was I was a production and recording coordinator and I actually did cartoon voices too for the show. Was it specifically animation you were interested in or nope, did you want to do live it. action? So all, all of it. it. Yeah, okay. All of it. But here was the here was the lucky little bit here was the lucky little universal um, connection is that Savage was directing a pilot for the Jim Henson Company at the time oh. called City Kids. And they said to him, please, 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 will you introduce me to the folks at Henson? And he said, yes, of course. So he brought me to one meeting, and I'll never forget it. I met Alex Rockwell, who later became my boss, and Kirk Thatcher, who's an incredible director uh, and writer and designer. He's just this, you know, jack of many trades. I remember he had no shoes on. He was barefoot. Uh. And I was like, this place is so groovy. <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, I wrote Alex a note after that meeting that said, if there's ever a job that opened up, let me know. Yeah. And about, uh, I'd say six months later, a job opening did open up. And oh. so I went and interviewed for it and I got it. So and that was for a creative assistant. Since? Yes. Oh, I've wow. been here for, I left for three years to um, uh, executive produce some shows for the company and to do freelance work on my own. In the middle of all of this, basically, I've been here 23 years working for the wow. company. Oh, so obviously you enjoy it. I like it here a lot. <laughs> uh, it's okay. No, I'm kidding. I right. love it here. <laughs> That's so great. And then how did you go from creative assistant? Like, I'm sure that there was a lot of... I kill people. You kill people? No, you I didn't just, kill people. Just get them out of the way. That's no, the best no, way no, to no. do it. No, um, it's such a... I love hearing that because it seems to me like nowadays people go to a job and they're there for maybe three to five years and then they move That's on. right. They do. Something they, else. they are thinking Nobody that the next longevity. best thing... Yeah. Nobody has longevity, especially in Hollywood. Like nobody goes and stays anywhere for a really long time. Um, this is obviously something you are passionate about. What made you decide to, or I mean, I guess you've sort of always known that you wanted to develop then after your um, encounter with, um, tell me her name again, the Nickelodeon lady. Oh, Jerry Laybourne. Jerry Laybourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a name I should know. Um, but after you ha- talked with her, was development something then you were like, this is kind of the direction I'd like to go in. I think I definitely knew that I wanted to create and produce television. And then uh, it'll help me answer the question about why Henson, too, for this yeah. long. Um, I didn't realize that there was this whole area where, like, you could work in and work with creators and work on your own content. And then that goes to production. I don't know why I didn't why I thought that. Um, why did I think that magically things just started going to production? <laughs> well, honestly, I've I had that misconception um, too. Like when I, when you're a kid and you're watching TV, or even honestly as like a I don't want to say lay person, but kind of yeah. when you're just a fan of television, you don't realize how many hands have been involved in so a many. half hour show or an hour long show from producers to writers to gaffers to you know all the creative going. Yeah, it just so keeps deep. going. Yeah, no idea. And so the world sort of opens up, and yeah. it's like. 
whoa. Yeah, my world opened up. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I think what I realized in college was, oh, it's called a producer. That's idea from beginning to end. Right. And I think there's a lot of emphasis in the television and film programs. Although my program that was run by Janine Basinger, who is fantastic, was very film theory. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, I could break them down into two categories of people in those majors, writer and director. There's no producers. Oh. Um, so I think that that kind of opened up my mind. Oh, all right. There's, all, there's, this, there's, this, there's this thing called producers. And so we are a production company. So we are the producers of content. Mm-hmm. But one of the other reasons that I love working here and why, why have I stayed so long too is this is a very nurturing company. They want to see you grow as a creative. But there's also like a two-track process here at Henson, which I think is very unique uh, in our industry, which is executive track, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going from director to vice president to mm-hmm. executive vice president. And then there's a producer track which is going from production executive to co-producer to co-executive producer to executive producer. So you're doing these sort of two tracks at the same time because we are so nurturing of our content that from the beginning of it to the end, you're always with it, the company, which sometimes you ha- in, in other companies it's handed off to different departments mm-hmm. or handed off to different companies, and we don't do that. So that's very unique in our industry and that's one of the reasons I think it's so exciting for me and I stay so long mm-hmm. is because I get to, to stay with it from, from beginning to end. Yeah. And then we do so many different things. You do. Now, how do you come up with the ideas for your shows? Because you have so much content. And I know when most people think of Henson Company, they think of obviously Sesame Street and yeah. the Muppets yeah. and that sort of thing, um, which I know are no longer with the Henson Company. They've been purchased by Disney. Um, so then that sort of leaves you guys going, we got to come up with other ideas, you know, yeah. like we've got to, um, what shows can we come up with? Is that something that you do? Yes. That's your idea. That's so mine. That's me. Do you then meet with people and creative types who pitch you ideas and yes. you give the thumbs up, thumbs down? That's correct. Here, I'll tell you a couple of, uh, uh, there's many, many ways that we approach coming up with ideas for, and I'll give you, I'll just give you a smattering, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if that helps. Um, but I do want to tell you that actually when I came back to the company, in around 2003, and that is right after they had sold the Muppets to Disney, and then Sesame Workshop had taken back, you know, we still build the puppets for Sesame Street, but Sesame Mm -hmm. Workshop. So when I came back, when Lisa Henson had me come back, when the the Henson kids bought back the company, there was nothing. Like, we got to start from scratch. Can you imagine how exciting that is? This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win 25 grand. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants stores. Yeah. I think some people would look at that as, oh my, you know. And a little intimidating. Intimidating. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's get busy. <laughs> so Lisa and I actually came up with the idea of Sid the Science Kid. Oh, uh, we both so at cool. the time, our kids now are in college, but mm-hmm. at the time our kids were preschoolers and we just made each other laugh with stories about our preschoolers. And my son was a little kid who walked around with a big microphone like uh-huh. Sid and he would like narrate everything he did and he was very scientific. I so love it. we thought, gosh, that would be really funny with the digital puppetry to figure out how to do kind of more live improv comedy mm-hmm. with kids. And then it ultimately evolved into Sid the Science Kid because PBS came back to us and said, hey, do you have a science show? 
And we were like, mm, no, but I think we have the makings of one. Right. And that was Sid the Science Kid. I know. I love that it has a science bent to it because so many times I watch my three-year-old go, why does this happen? Why does, how does this work? Right. Uh, and that's one thing that Sid is really great at is through his eyes, you can see him um, deconstruct and figure things out and do some problem solving. Yeah. The power of the question. Yes. Getting them to keep asking questions and answering on their own. So let's talk about a couple of the other shows. I know we love Sid. And okay. there's the, wait, did you have one more thing? You no, I was going to okay. tell you <laughs> other ways that we find ideas. Here, oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? But you, you already, you already kind of nailed it that we take, we take pitches. I always say that we, you know, you know, in the rainbow connection, when they say the lovers, the dreamers and you, Yeah. I always think we take pitches from the dreamers and the lovers that like, it's, we always take on dream projects of yeah. others. So dinosaur train, which we could follow oh, into love talking it. about yeah. was a dream project of Cray Bark. Let's like we, we know when it's a dream project. We can feel it. And so those are the kinds of shows we develop from outside pitches. We also look at books. So Dot was a oh, book that yep. we found. Mm-hmm. And P.S. I didn't even look at who wrote it when I first read Dot. I didn't know it was Randy Zuckerberg. <laughs> I just was like, who is this adorable periwinkle, curly-haired girl? I love her. Yeah. And then read it and thought, wow, there's like a really modern digital citizenship curriculum here. And then you know closing the cover and seeing it was randy was like oh my god look who's look who wrote it right right so we can we can get our ideas from books and we're always keeping our ears open for what moms and dads Mm -hmm. are looking for for their kids like and teachers what is there a need for yeah what are they looking for um we just so word party was a show that was in development um, mainly with the wonderful digital puppetry system, how do you create a group of lovable animal babies? Uh, that was Alex Rockwell who created it mm. and uh, create a sort of interactive experience with the audience and the babies. Mm-hmm. But then this research came out about the vocabulary gap that exists. And when we read the research of how the real uh, judge of how a kid's success is going to happen in school once it's how many words they have when they enter kindergarten and that blew our minds yeah we thought oh my goodness this would be the perfect way to enhance the show which at the time uh, was called zoo babies (laughs) Uh, and so now it's word party and it made it such a stronger show and then we sold it yeah so sometimes the idea is there but it needs an extra kick yeah so it's just a it's just a nurturing of these ideas to get to the but they always start from like a dream project place or a place of passion or love that is that is the truth now how involved are you in like the day-to-day writing of these shows is that something you just sort of oversee at this point or are you sitting down at your computer going all right what do I do for the next episode we hire writers Mm -hmm. we hire we think the best writers (laughs) and um we give notes so we we will sit down with them um in the beginning so we just did this on uh doozers Mm -hmm. um we sit down and we think about well what's this new season going to be like right let's come up with some big ideas so on dinosaur train which you know second season the big idea was nature trackers Mm -hmm. and so once you sit down with these big ideas with the writers then they go off and they'll come back and pitch premises and they'll write outlines and we'll give notes on them so we're more of editors in our job than anything do you feel like you have to um do any sort of educational based curriculum and in terms of like I don't know is it an FCC requirement that you have to have certain amounts of problem solving or math skills or anything like that in your children's programming is there any requirement like that no there is not um having said that Every network that's doing preschool programming mm-hmm. is, um, they have their own 
curriculums that they want to achieve in their brands. Right, right. But they're, you know, like with PBS, there's a hardcore curriculum that you have to deliver. And in, in fact, just to be honest, for Henson Company, it's always big. So sometimes I hear companies say, Big E, Little E, Big E Entertainment, Little E Education. Like they, they're like, we'll tuck it in there, like broccolis and chocolate chip cookie. Oh. <laughs> and like, we don't feel that way at Henson. We're like, Big E, Big E. Yeah. Like big entertainment, big education, and both inform the other. Yeah. So on Splash and Bubbles, it's a big marine biology, ocean conservancy curriculum, but the curriculum actually informed who the characters became. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, it would be fun if Bubbles was a feisty, um, get her fins dirty kind of fish. What kind of fish like that are out there? And then we discover, oh, a mandarin dragonette, this like gorgeous fish that's the most aggressive fish in the ocean that secretes a mucus bubble on top of itself. <laughs> and we're like, that's so cool. That's perfect. So we make sure at Henson, like we're our own FCC, right? Like we're like, we're all about delivering that education. I do believe in older kids programming. Let me just back mm-hmm. up. Definitely the, the networks have a responsibility. Their broadcast standards and practices will make sure things sure. aren't happening that kids can model. Sure. Like, I don't know, stabbing themselves in the eye. I, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what those requirements right, are because right, we, right. we rarely get those notes, but right. They, they definitely do have like things they can't, they can't put in, in content for children. So what are you, what is like getting you fired up right now? I know that you have a lot of shows going on, a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, tell me what's on the horizon for you. What's on the horizon for me? Yanina, what am I allowed to say is on the horizon <laughs> for me? There you go. Hmm. You talk about splash and bubble. You talked about splash and bubbles and you could, there you go. Everything up to Julie. All right. Well, listen, this has been a great year for us. So launching Word Party on Netflix, launching Splash and Bubbles on PBS, launching Dot on CBC and Sprout. It's just been like a dream year. So we're super fired up that kids are getting and parents are going to get to watch these shows now. Mm -hmm. We've been working on them for years. And like I mentioned, Word Party, that was a 10-year process to get it on the air. So for us, it's so exciting that it's not. So I'm fired up about that. I'm a little extra fired up about Dot. Yeah. Because as a mom and as a woman, I just love this role model girl out there that her story is very modern. She's a kind of can-do girl. She has big ideas that she brings to fruition. And I love it also because I feel like, listen, I love princess shows. <laughs> like, I am a princess. Girl. Right. My daughter does too, yeah. Yeah, but I just like that this is a different kind of show for girls. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's saying, hey, there's just different ways that girls play. And there's a real kind of maker aspect to Dot, too, a do-it-yourself. So I'm kind of excited for girls to, like, check out Dot. Really excited. It's nice that we're starting to see, or at least, you know, what I've perceived is that there's more of a trend towards aiming shows at little girls or having little girls as the lead in a show. Because it's been such a little boy-driven market for so long. Absolutely. Like, when I was growing up, I can't think of, I mean, we had um, the little girl Smurf. Yeah, we had Smurfette. There's like Smurfette, one. Yeah. What was wrong with that? I mean, yeah, no, we had we had Smurfette. Smurfette and like a bunch of dudes. Like there was never <laughs> any like girl. I mean, and those heels. She was yeah. in those heels. And she, I mean, good for her though, really. <laughs> um, I can't do it. So I, I just think it's great that, you know, there's this strong movement. And I think a big part of that is because there are so many women in positions That's of right. development and creating these types of programming and also moms. Like you're a mom, so you know it's okay. We can't hear it. <laughs> so you're a mom, and you yeah. know um, what your kids liked yeah. and what 
you've taught to other moms and what they would enjoy, you know, for their kids too. So I think that's an essential part too of what we're seeing now. Are you seeing those kind of trends as well? I definitely, uh, from moms out there, uh, see that they want this for their girls, Mm -hmm. like uh, hands down. I am seeing more and more at the networks that they're embracing it. And I feel like they need to embrace it even more. Yeah. Just to be honest, you know, two girl shows is not enough in my opinion. Um, and when you I say networks, to- when you, where does Henson, um, you said you got, you guys are on Sprout, you're on PBS, you're on, um, Netflix. Netflix. Um, so for you guys, it's kind of wide open. It's not like there's the Henson network. So you no. can kind of go anywhere, we right? We can. Yeah. We, uh, we, those, those networks you just, uh, mentioned as well as Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. Disney channel, YouTube, uh, Amazon. We have a couple of things in development with Amazon That's kids great. right now and then all over the world. So the first one to pick up Dot was the CBC in Canada. Uh, We have done productions with the BBC, um, ABC in Australia. We're an international company. We'll we'll launch a show wherever the best home is for it. Oh, yeah. Do you think that that speaks to um, the need right now for content? Because there's so many streaming services, so much online, um, so many online companies that are like, we need shows. Yes, it does. It's super exciting. We <laughs> love it yeah, yeah. here. We always love new gate. We, I call them the gatekeepers. We always yeah. love new gatekeepers. But this year with the rise of Netflix and the brilliant leadership at Amazon, they are also upping the game. It's not just that they are allowing more shows to be aired. They are also taking risks. They are putting money into their productions and they are excellent executives. So it ups the game for all the networks. Um, So I think parents in the next two years are going to start to see some really, really cool, innovative and beautiful looking shows, especially for the younger age group. Mm -hmm. You know, in preschool, I love producers in preschool. We work so hard. We try so hard. We want it to be so good, but you know, our budgets are limited. Yeah. And older kids, you get more money. I'm sure you all know this. And then when prime time, you get more, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yeah. And so the fact that you're having these networks pay more care to the preschool mm-hmm. audience, which so is wonderful. so funny because our kids are so like, we should, it's the same thing sort of with education. Like we should be putting more money I know. towards the younger kids so they get better, um, shows to watch, better opportunities, better yeah. education, like that sort of thing. It's just sort of. Uh, kind of messed up that there's not more money being you. funneled to I that. I mean, at Henson, we always make sure that those shows, I mean, it's, it's the tradition of Jim Henson, right, with Sesame mm-hmm. Street, are top quality, like A++ players. But it's great now that lots of the networks are starting to turn their brains around and go, yes, just what you said. This is top priority. It should be. So yeah. it's a good flow into the, what I can say about Julie's Green Room with Netflix, <laughs> which is coming out next year. Working with Julie Andrews on a performing arts show for preschoolers with puppets was a dream come true for our company. Is it live? So live action? It's live action. Oh, that was what I was going to ask you that next. Do you guys have any live action things in the works or is it, are you mostly sticking with animation and both, both live action? And I think, I think that audiences expect from us live action with our, our puppet workshop and the creature workshop. But uh, yeah, Julie's green room is coming out and I'm a performing arts freak like it's like I grew up uh, I grew up in Southern California San Diego mm-hmm. and I went every summer to Idlewild Arts mm-hmm. which way back when was called Isamata Idlewild School of Music and the Arts so I grew up with this like amazing summer camp of performing arts of music and theater and dance and all of that and I know how important the performing arts are for children I know that it creates a level of confidence and expression that no other 
subject can bring out in a child. So we really saw a need for it. Yeah. They're like in the schools. I mean, there's just a need for it. So, um, and then Broadway's back, right? So, so So we we didn't like, we didn't really actually plan it with the Hamilton craze, but it kind (laughs) of happened all at once. So for us, we're like, yay, everyone's going to be so excited because in the show, the kids, with the help of Julie, put on a, put on a musical. They put on an original musical. I love that. The kids are puppets. Uh There's also a duck. He's part of the group. And then Julie Andrews and a wow. lot of guest stars. And it's very So each episode is about a different performing art. So I am so excited for this one to come out for yeah, everybody. I'm excited too. I love Julie Andrews. Who doesn't love Julie Andrews? I know. She's, she's just, she's, she's I know, like classic. <laughs> like when you think of like classic, you know, um, actress and singer and like the triple thread, like it's totally Julie Andrews. And then the roles, the iconic roles that she's played mm-hmm. are this magical nurturer of children like transforming their lives so this feels very natural for it her does. to be in this role yeah, too yeah. we're not putting her in like a role that's like oh well that this is weird yeah that's, that's yeah interesting. this also feels like a natural fit for the Jim Henson yes company it does too. yeah it's got a little bit of a Muppet Show nod to it because we're in a theater they're putting on a show oh, that's great there's live guest stars lots of comedy puppet comedy so I think that families are going to be really into it too not just the little guys Oh, I think it's great. Well, that's going to do really well. I look forward to seeing that. Um, I have to say really quickly that Fraggle Rock is my jam. I, yeah. I love Fraggle Rock. Is Are there any, like, is any Fraggle Rock coming back? Are they going to do any? Let me any- tell you about Fraggle Rock right now. Wait, can I tell, Yanina, can I tell her about Fraggle Rock right now? Oh, thank God. She said Yanina. everything is Yanina's on the sitting table. on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Fraggle Rock is going to be re-aired on HBO. Yay. It's uh, been remastered going to be gorgeous looking I'm so excited and so I'm just so excited about it because I feel like I listen I I work here I see Fraggle Rock all the time (laughs) I'm sure but I know it's timeless like so I feel like there's no reason you can't introduce Fraggle Rock to all these new generations of kids it'll feel fresh and new to them so I'm super excited especially because of the environmental messages behind it oh totally it's it's timely it's perfect and it's gonna look beautiful so that's happening so fingers crossed Mm -hmm. if everybody's loving it who knows? Who knows what can happen? There's definitely feature film development in the works. Oh, wow. Um, and like I said, we'll see what happens. But I yeah. will say that if people want to see a spinoff of Fraggle Rock on Hulu, we have our show Doozers. Doozers. Mm-hmm. Which we love. We're so proud of. They're so cute. A whole design engineering curriculum. Mm-hmm. I actually had a little boy walk up to me. Uh, my son, Theo, is in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So his little friend, Charlie, walked up to me uh, last week and he said, did you make doozers? Uh, and I said, yes. Yeah. And his dad was standing behind him, like kind of winking. And he said, well, there it is. <laughs> like he was in awe. So I was well, so, there it well, is. There it is. So clearly Charlie loves it. And I was oh, excited. He so found cute. it on Hulu. But, so um, so there's our spinoff of it, which yeah. is, which is pretty special. So, but we'll see. I'm, I'm very hopeful uh, of, of the show. relaunching. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good show. Like I still reference, uh, <laughs> it's a great show when you're still decades later still referencing it my husband and I are terrible at folding laundry so sometimes we reference our laundry pile as the trash heap like eventually it's going to start talking to us and be like fold me because it's literally piling up to our ceiling it's terrible um we will fold our laundry eventually um well I too am really excited for all the things that are happening here at the Jim Henson Company I think um you guys are doing such a great job of connecting with moms and parents and um kids like it's so important we love all the feedback 
Yanina, who's sitting here, knows that I get the most excited when we get our Common Sense Media uh, reviews in and we start getting feedback from from parents on on our on our Henson Family Hub. It just like for us, that's everything. Yeah. So keep a uh, keep keep informing us what everybody wants. Yeah. Well, I will let you know. No, I'm just kidding. You're like more Fraggle Rock. <laughs> more Fraggle Rock immediately. No, I love it all. Um, thank you so much. I know you're a super thank busy you, no, lady. This is so exciting. What are you kidding? This I is was wonderful. Really excited. All right, you guys. So I'm gonna put information about all of the shows we talked about today up on motherhoodinhollywood.com and as well as where you can follow all of their social media outlets because you want to make sure you do that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants. Participating stores.